This is not a military takeover. Stand by for action. Anything can happen in the next hour. yourself down strap yourself in as you're going to be listening to armitage on the paranoid squirrel rock show where over the course of the next hour you'll be exposed to music that you should hear on the radio but don't
Evening all, kicking the show off this week was UFO and Lights Out, recorded in session for John Peel that was transmitted on the 17th of June 1977. Obviously for Paul Raymond, the guitarist and keyboardist who suddenly died of a heart attack at the age of 73 on the 13th of April. For those of you who are wondering what the very short musical extract that I used at the end of last week's show was, yeah, it was the live version of Doctor Doctor from Strangers in the Night album. Live, because uh, Paul didn't play on the original. That was Danny Payrona, uh, pronounced his name wrong, I am sorry, who previously had played with the heavy metal kids and then subsequently wrote for the likes of Meatloaf and Sade. I kid you not, and I have hay fever. So if you hear me sniffing, you know why. 11 o'clock in the evening, who knew? Uh, the last time I saw Paul to speak to him was uh, in about 2005 when he was working on his Secret Life album at the R. MS Studios in Croydon. We had a quick catch-up uh, as I went to primary school with his stepdaughter Sonia and friend of the show and squirrel associate Arkwright's parents bought his house off him when he relocated to the States in 1978. I had to take my daughter's car to have its brakes done last week and uh, the garage I use, Paul also used to take in his car. Chain with the owner, he reminded me that Paul used to have a Mark I Mustang that he'd bring in and he regaled the story uh, when he and his two daughters, at the invitation of Paul, uh, saw UFO at Hammersmith Odeon. Backstage, Pete told me, there were buckets and buckets filled with ice and beer. Everybody was completely off their faces, with Paul telling me, Pete, if the drummer falls off his stool during the gig, can you take over? In this day and age, you don't hear rock and roll stories like that anymore. Here's Johnny Thunders and the Heartbreakers and Let Go. <laughs> tantalisingly close to getting hold of the reasonably cheap copy of the Johnny Thunders bio in Cold Blood on eBay. But I took me off the ball and stupidly, oh, I forgot to bid on it. When I say cheap, I mean 35 quid. No one bought it, so hopefully it will get relisted at some point. A man that has been the subject of countless documentaries of rock and roll access as his brief tenure as, unfairly in my opinion, the cartoon poster boy of punk... It's Sid Vicious. I never thought he killed Nancy, as one of those documentaries now bears out. It was easy for the NYPD to assume junkie boyfriend, murders, junkie girlfriend, case closed. Anyway, depending on what you read, Vicious's only studio work 
was bodies, with Steve Jones handling base duties on everything else, uh, bar anarchy in the UK. Before you all start emailing me, I don't view Swindle as a bona fide Pistols album. Over the years, a few Sid Vicious solo albums have been released, re-released and repackaged under different names. The source recordings of these being a combination of Sid's three-day stint at Max's Kansas City at the end of September 1978, where he played two sets a day. Uh, one of these cropped up last week as The Chaos Tapes, 1978, open brackets, live, close brackets. Now, to be fair... I've never given any of these recordings much of a listen. Now, the Vicious White Kids, live CD, different story. But with nothing else to do over the Easter weekend, you know, apart from eat, drink, and try to be merry, yeah, I know, standard weekend, I gave it a spin. Sid's band, I think, comprised of uh, Steve Dwyer on guitar, with Jerry Noland on drums and Arthur Kane on bass. Even the gig was ramshackled. Sid does come across as potentially a great frontman, if only someone had looked after him and guided him properly and not viewed him and Nancy as cash cows, I think we'll be talking about him in the same sentences as the Ramones and the Heartbreakers, leaving Lydon to be the cartoon poster boy. The Hollywood Vampires that feature core members of Alice Cooper, Joe Perry and Johnny Depp are all set to release their second album, Rise, on the 21st of June that will feature, along with 13 original songs, covers of uh, David Bowie's Heroes, performed by Depp, the Jim Carroll Band's People Who Died and Johnny Thunder's You Can't Put Your Arms Around a Memory. I avoided seeing them up at Wembley last summer for a couple of reasons. Reason one... 
Too damned expensive. Reason two, the damned were on before the darkness. Surely, out of respect, the darkness should have been the opening act. A one-trick pony, if you ask me. So I refused to go, in protest and principle. However, the Hollywood vampire set did look rather tasty with covers from the likes of ACDC and Motorhead, mind you. Alice Cooper played those last time I saw him. Anyway, as you'd expect, a track from Rise has been lifted from the album in the shape and form of Who's Laughing Now? Purchased my ticket to see Alice Cooper, The Stranglers, and the MC50 in October. Talking to the damned, they are 
about to embark on a bit of a summer tourette by heading over to the States on the 22nd of May for about a dozen gigs. And I think I'm right in saying that as 2019 marks the 40th anniversary of the release of Machine Gun Etiquette, the band might be playing it in full, but I might have just dreamt that. Uh, with three UK dates in Brighton on the 26th and 27th of June and the 28th in Bath before heading to Germany, then Australia via Japan. It only seems like five minutes ago that I was watching them on the 25th reissue anniversary tour where the album wasn't played in full. Hopefully I will be popping down to see them in Brighton on the 26th. Well, 27th has sold out. Fingers crossed that Chiswick Records will release a 40th anniversary version of Machine Gun with the fabled studio version of Teenage Dream. Back to new music, and it's always good to have an album and not know what track to play because they're all great. Seriously, I'm not just saying that. Well, I am, but I mean it, man. Uh, this is the problem that has befallen Anyone Want Escape by Johnny Manack and the Depressives that came out on the 16th. 12 tracks that combine everything that was important from the 50s, 60s and 70s in the love child of Chuck Berry, Link Ray, the Dead Boys and the Ramones, sadly... For us limeys, live-wise, the band aren't straying too far from their native San Jose hometown. At least we've got the record to listen to. From said album, this is 70s Too Young for Lemmy to Die. Amen to that, brother.
as we are well aware of in this day and age, bands, especially new or underground ones, have to fight for every penny that they earn. The streaming platforms are exactly that, platforms. No one ever got rich from Spotify or iTunes, you know, apart from shareholders. I know you, you, like me, will always go out of our way to make sure the maximum amount of money we spend on merch or the music we buy goes to the band in question. Sometimes, though, a record label will give a song away to entice us to buy a forthcoming album, the digital version of a promo single. This is what the fine folk at Rumbar Records have done with the Cheap Gunslingers and the track Good Time, which will be appearing on the band's debut and self-titled album later on in this uh, this summer or winter if you are yeah, south of the equator. Mind you, having said that, CD Baby are already selling the 10-track album as a download for the very reasonable price of $9.99. Cheap Gunslingers were founded by celebrated punk rock and roller Edo McCready, who was a former member, guitarist, vocalist of revered four on the floor Florida punk rock and rollers the go to hells Edo is joined by Todd Johnson on bass and backing vocals and drummer Greg Kazak enjoy then bye YouTube is also a great medium to get your music to a wider audience. With technology today, make it that somewhat easier than, uh, say, it was 10 years ago. Step forward, Vice Squad, who have done exactly that by filming a video to Dare to Breathe, a track from the forthcoming five-track EP that features a single mix of I Dare to Breathe, which will be on the new studio album, The Battle of Britain, scheduled for release in 2019. Also on the EP is the uh, new studio recording, I Don't Think So, and two live tracks, Back in the Cage and If I Knew What I Know Now, recorded in Cannes, France, plus the original demo too, I Don't Think So. It's a steal 
at seven ninety nine. That's sterling people that you can order from the band's website. In the 90s, yeah, and probably the noughties, rock and metal tribute albums were rife, taking up large amount of shell space at petrol stations up and down the country for about 3 99 Normally, it was with Gilby Clark handling production duties for some resemblance of credibility. So, Chap Utah Records on the 10th of May are putting out a 19-track tribute record to... Dead Moon. I can already hear you saying, who? So I shall tell you, Dead Moon was an American punk rock band that existed from 1987 to 2006, forming in Portland, Oregon. The band were fronted by singer-guitarist Fred Cole. The band also included bassist Kathleen Cole, Fred's wife, and drummer Andrew Loomis. Uh, The trio were already veterans of the Portland independent rock scene, combining dark and lovelorn themes with punk and country music influences into a stripped-down sound. Pretty much all the bands who have come forward to contribute are Paranoid Squirrel favourites. If I was to list all 19 and what songs they were covering, we'd be here all day. Instead, here are the helicopters, who will be swiftly followed by the Nomads with Rescue and Graveyard, respectively.
You're listening to Rock Radio UK, home of the best in rock. Turn it up. episode 673 that aired towards the end of February I played the Dirters track You Left Me Where You Found Me that was written by one Thomas Wallstrom from the band called She Males and mentioned that I had missed out on the band's debut album Soap on a Rope that came out in 2015 as it was limited to only 300 copies well on Saturday I received a flat chocolate shaped box with a finished postmark now if it had come from sweden i would have thought it was an ikea flat pack easter egg however it was something much more sweeter one dirter's t-shirt and nestling inside it the bands soap on a rope cd joy oj obviously i'm going to treat you and me with something from it this is for your consideration dirty old friend <laughs> Can we get along? 
you on last week's show, I popped up to the Hope and Anchor on Maundy Thursday for Rockaway Beach 36 to see Last Gate Dreamers headlining with Black Bombers and Young Francis in support capacity. All the unusual suspects were in attendance, including Tom from the Phobics and his good lady wife Dee. Over the course of the evening, the subject of the Phobics' lack of column space in the UK press and appearances at UK punk festivals was raised. I mean, let's face it, they are the epitome of what punk should have been all about. Self-managed, self-released, self-financed, self-promoted. They even led to them to appear as a punk band on the Abbey National Building Society TV advert that aired last year that paid for a very successful German tour, off the back of which the band have just completed another successful German tour. Take that, anchor butter. The Phobics are the Millwall of the punk world. Sorry, Tom. Tom's a Tottenham supporter, who I am pleased to say pushed Brian just that little bit closer to the drop on Tuesday. Seriously, though, uh, it's a backhanded compliment. If you're a footy fan, you'll know what I'm wittering on about. Failing that, I better crack on with the Phobics, Britain and Ireland's finest punk band that most fans of that genre have never heard of, and... The Nearly Man from the Down and Out in Deptford EP. The Nearly Man sits at home In the dark he's on his own Thinks about what he ain't done Anyway, yes, on to a young Francis, who are, or is that is, uh, the brainchild of Jimmy Lacey, who I have not seen in the flesh since October 2010. Jimmy, at one point or another, has been in the roulette, Kill Cartel, the roulette again, uh, and did someone mention Gabba? I even interviewed him on episode three of the Paranoid School Rock Show. Also on that episode, I interviewed CJ from the Wild Hawks and Alex Kane from Anti-Product. Good luck trying to find that. Uh, Young Francis is a one-man band, bass drum, snare drum, angled at 90 degrees with a f- to the floor with a uh, spare bass pedal in line with it, and of course, a guitar that is running through two amps for maximum effect. Halfway through 
young Francis set. What appeared to be charity shop tambourines, bongos and rattles were distributed to the audience so we could join in. I was disappointed that a triangle was missing. I mean, I love a mean triangle. To sum up young Francis' life, I would say it was like hearing every single Ramon playing their respective instruments all at the same time. A cacophony of joy. From the Juvenile Delinquent EP, this is Girls Like You. Francis currently has a free to-download single of Summer Days available on his Bandcamp site. If you see him live, he's at the Cowley Club in Brighton on the 9th of May and the Prince Album on the 21st of June. That is also in Brighton. Up next were Black Bombers promoting their just-released EP, Volume 4. Last Thursday was the fourth time that I've seen the band and three of those were at the Open Anchor. The other being at the 100 Club back in 2016. Now, not wanting to sound like I'm dissing the band, but even though all three of them are great musicians, Alan and Darren, guitar and bass respectively, aren't natural frontmen. A lot of my work colleagues indulge in fantasy football. I, on the other hand, dream up fantasy band lineups. Watching Alan guitaring away on his Fender Telecaster, I was mindful of Brian James. Again, a great musician, but no frontman. Wouldn't it be a good idea if Brian was to join the Bombers, or the Bombers joined Brian, I thought to myself. They still left the band without a frontman, someone who would stalk and prowl the stage. At this point, you're probably thinking that I'll give you the name of this person. I haven't a Scooby. I have been racking my brain, and uh, the only names that come into my head are either dead or in well-established outfits of their own. What they need is a hybrid of Stiff and Iggy. Actually, all bands need a hybrid of Stiff and Iggy. All this aside, Black Bombers, as per usual, were on top form, even if by this time the basement of the Hope and Anchor was rather hot and sweaty. Tracks, of course, from their debut and the Volume 4 EP were played with aplomb and were eagerly lapped up. So without further ado, as I'm running out of time, this is Animals and Cages from Volume 4.
only been a month since I saw Last Great Dreamers, who were supporting the Electric Boys at the Underworld. It seems that they are the go-to support band, once again playing with Enough's Enough when the Chicago Foursome return in September. However, they can and do command the top spot as well. As you listen to me, the band are currently in Spain doing their stuff in headlining mode, just to prove the point. Lodge small venues, Last Great Dreamers, seem comfortable in both album-wise. It's been a whole year since the release of the last album, 13th Floor Renegades. However, as I've already played a reasonable selection from it over the course of the year, I'm going to treat you to the track Last Great Dreamer from their retro sexual album because A, that's a good song, and B, I finally found the CD. Reissue, admittedly, but still. Until next week, take it easy. I wasn't born to silver. 